from Impact Fashion, it's Be Impactful, a show about the women making a difference in their own corners of the world. I'm Rifki Itzkowitz, and on today's show, I talk with a good friend a bunch of you probably know and love about what happened when she hit her breaking point and couldn't uphold the standards of a conventional beauty blogger she builds boundaries around her social media relationships and what she wished everyone knew about mental health. It's very easy to assume you know everything about Barry Mitzman. She's pretty open about her life on social media and we all fall into the trap of thinking that the people we know only through our phone screens cease to exist outside of the digital space. Well, this is a story of what happens when all that becomes too much and how one woman decided to tackle hard issues on her own terms. To start off, can you tell me what you were like as a little kid? Oh, (laughs) right off the bat, I feel like we're going into like a therapy session, you know? Tell me about your childhood. Um, As a little kid, I was very outspoken, uh, loud, opinionated, squeaky, short. I'm really shocked. Yep. yep. <laughs> Sounds just like my daughter. I know. I'm always like, where did she get that from? And then I'm like, shoot, I think that was me. Right. You're like, oh, that's my fault. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I mean, I don't recall being as uh, rambunctious, but uh, my mom can, can vouch for that. I, I've heard some stories that make me blush, which is a little, uh, whatever. Let's just hope that my child doesn't fully following my footsteps. <laughs> so when you were loud and opinionated, was it were you always standing up for what you thought was right or were you just kind of just just always had an opinion? It wasn't like a it wasn't like one of those like opinionated like for a reason. I think it was just because like why not say my opinion on something or I think there was one story. Oh, I'll ask my mom if this is okay. Um, but there was a story that my mother took me. I was probably around four or so. My mother took me with her to go shopping for a bar mitzvah. Uh, and she tried on an outfit. And she said, like, oh, what do you think? Or whatever. And I was like, don't, don't even bother because the view from behind isn't so great. And you were how old? I think I was about four. <laughs> That's yeah. Awesome. And then my mom went and, and told everybody at the bar mitzvah that that happened after she got a different outfit because she thought it was hilarious. I don't recall this at all. Well, you were four. Yeah. I mean, I don't doubt it. <laughs> I, that's not something I would say now. Um, apparently, I had less of a filter. Right. So I think that's something that's also kind of funny about you is that a lot of people assume that your name is Barriana, And it's not. It's nope. Barry. So yeah. how did how did you get the nickname Bariana? So actually it wasn't something that caught on. It wasn't something that was a thing. I had one friend in seminary that would just call me Bariana and she would just like jump into places. She was one of these like really spunky, energetic people, and she would just like hop into like one of the classrooms in our like gap year and just go Brianna 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 and just like go away and I was just like okay like it's just 
it was just a, a nickname that one person in the world used for me. And when I decided to get a social media account, I was like, I don't want to just do Barry Mitzman. Or, and like, I had my fair share of weird usernames or like lame usernames on, you know, AOL Instant Messenger and all that jazz. So I got that out of my system. So I was just like, okay, I guess I'll just use Barianna. Little did I know there was going to become a, a thing. Right. Yeah. That it would be, and, and it did turn into quite a thing. You started, um, you started your, your fashion page, Bariana, um, and just sharing your modest fashion inspo and styles and that kind of thing. That's how we got to know each other. Um, how long has it been already? Like two years, three years? I don't know. It's a been bunch a, while. Of, a bunch of time. Um, and then, and then there got to a point where you started, you started feeling like fashion wasn't cutting it for you. You started feeling like you wanted to be doing something more with your platform. Talk to me about that. So it's funny though, cause, cause the username Bariana was used even before my page became dedicated towards fashion. And I actually deleted all of the content that came before. I started the modest fashion. I got a voucher for like $250 for my job uh, for clothing. Cause I applied for this like professional growth thing. It's like, what can you use to further your professional development? I'm like, I need clothes. I'm working in outreach. You want me to go into um, public schools and create these Jewish culture clubs. And if I look like a loser, then like, I'm not going to get people to hang out with me. I'm not going to get to speak to people about Judaism, like give me money for clothes. And I was like, oh, and maybe I'll share something on social media too. Like a, like a, like an afterthought. And they were like, okay, great. Your thing was accepted. Um, we can't wait to see what you do on social media. I was like, shoot. Okay. So like my first picture, I was actually expecting my daughter. So like my boss like comes in like huffing and puffing when we were meeting. He's like, I don't understand. I don't get extra space in my Dropbox account and you get money for maternity clothes. Like he, he knew I was expecting because like, like even before we, we knew I was already like sick and like, he's married with like five kids. He's like, I've seen this before, you know? So he was just like, you recognize the signs. He like, he like backed away. He was like, mm. like I'm not going to do anything. Um, but like my first picture is, is me at like my tutoring job. I was also tutoring at the, at that point. So I was working for, for this outreach organization and I was tutoring in the, um, Jewish day school here. And I just took a selfie with like both arms out holding the, the camera and just like snapped a picture of my outfit. And I was like, top is from, you know, anthropology and a patu, da, 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 you know, like whatever. And doing your best yeah. impression of a blogger, basically. Obsessed. No, I'm kidding. I didn't even know what, what, what it really was at that point. I was just like, I'm just going to let you know where I get my clothes. And then, you know, throughout the pregnancy, I, I did that. And then, you know, when my bump finally showed, I got zero pity because I carried so internally and it was so painful, but like, whatever, it's fine. I'm not going to, I'm not going to harp on that right now. Um, but once I started showing, I did a little bit of like maternity stuff and whatever. And, you know, after I gave birth, I figured like, okay, I could totally still keep this up. Like what's like, what's so hard about pooping out a baby? You know what I mean? Like, it's fine. I should be fine. And everything's fine. And everything was not fine um, at all. And I 
like two days after I gave birth, I put on like an outfit and a full face of makeup and like did like a little shoot in my backyard. Like what is wrong with me? Um, and it, it became unattainable to do what I was doing um, before I had any, you know, small living humans to take care of. And I was just like, I can't, I can't pretend like this is easy anymore. I can't pretend like I'm, I'm, I'm rocking this mom life thing. Like, oh, matching mommy and me outfits with my like little peanut of a human being. Like, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. So I shared something of like, I know this picture looks like this and that, but really like, I just got up a half an hour ago. You know, this picture was taken at five o'clock. I didn't get dressed all day. I'm really having a hard time. And like, I can't keep this up anymore. Okay. Okay. And people just went nuts. A few people were like, I want to ask you for forgiveness because I was super jealous of you of how you handled everything. And I thought you had everything together. And like my experience, like I couldn't even do that. Or people were like, I don't even have kids and I can't handle this. You know, I'm just really struggling. But like, thank you. And I was just like, oh, okay. I guess people want to know that they are, you know, seen and heard and understood and things don't have to be perfection. And that's kind of how the ball just got rolling. My like breakdown of like, I can't keep this up anymore. was kind of just that like, just that point, that tipping point. Right. And you know, it's, you've been really open about, um, about your struggles, particularly in in the mental health area and you, you like, you have a therapy song and you share it and you, um, you know, you'll say, you know, I'm, I'm getting dressed today. I'm going to therapy or, or whatever it is. And you've been open about, um, post and peripartum depression and, and all of those things. Do you, there's a, I think that there's a difference between, you know, quote, keeping it real. There's like a token level of, um, the only word that I can think of now is train wreck, but there's like an acceptable level of, of like awfulness to show, to be like, look, I'm a real person. My life is not always perfect. And then there's, I think you, you take it a step further and you just, you just share how you're feeling in a very honest and raw way. What made you decide to go from, you know, to, to move past that token quote, authentic place or whatever, um, into something where I think that, I think that you have a real effect on how people view mental health. I know that I've certainly learned a lot about um, just about how people deal with these kinds of challenges that I personally haven't dealt with um, from, from watching you and, you know, from becoming friends with you. I have something that I've benefited from a lot. What made you decide to take it past that token spot and, and, and really get real with it? Cause you, you do share the down and dirty. I don't know if I even started at that, like quote unquote keeping it real thing. I feel like for some people, I don't know everybody, so I'm not making any generalizations here, but for some people, it's like a justification and like a disclaimer of like, just reminding you my life's not perfect. Like, look at my dishes, you know, like, come on, like, okay, we all have dishes. Like, it's fine. Like, you know, it's, it's, different for everyone. And I, and I respect the fact that some people just choose to keep their, uh, pages like very happy places and a very, like, just not intense, not deep and not complicated. And that's great. And that's beautiful. And like, there are many times where I, I need those, that type of content. Um, 
for myself, I mean, I didn't share about, let's say, let's say the first topic that I shared about in depth, I believe was my peripartum depression. And I didn't share that while I was going through it because I don't believe that that's the healthiest thing to do because you can put yourself at risk of valuing strangers' opinions a little bit too much during your healing process. And that can leave you susceptible to a lot of pain. And also and you, that means that you're, you're creating a situation where you're receiving praise almost for an illness, yes. you know, where you're receiving, oh, oh, that's so real that you're so um, open about this depression. When you're going through it, that can be you know, if, if people are admiring you for being depressed, that's not great. Right. And I do think that, that people can fall into a trap of sharing for the purpose of being revered and respected. Um, but I think each time I began sharing something pretty intense, I discussed it first with my husband because I never want to put it, I never wanted to put him in a position where he was uncomfortable about information I was sharing. Um, and I'd say, what do you think about me sharing X? And I'm pretty sure every time it was like, are you ready? And I think you could really help a lot of people. And if that was the answer, if I was ready, if I was like, okay, with the fact that like somebody with no name and no image and no personal information can try to come at me and I could be like, who do you think you are? And it won't be like, oh, you know, I need to speak to my therapist about this tomorrow. Um, then like, okay, and will it help somebody? My husband says, I think it'll help a lot of people. Me, I'm like, will it help one person? Because I don't know. I don't have these high expectations or these things. And, and I, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a mental health professional. I, I, don't, I don't know the research or the statistics but generally, each time that I've shared something personal along those lines, I've gotten dozens, if not hundreds of responses. And it's almost like, wow, like, I'm glad I shared this, but also like, shoot, so many of us are in pain. Like, this is really sad. Right. It's almost like once you share that you're going through something, you, and, and understandably, become a magnet for other people who are in a similar situation, and then you end up holding all of their pain and that can be really overwhelming well I, I mean I had to train myself to not do that yeah I'm awful because at that. I'm a I'm a straight up empath so when it comes to like digital people I create like a very strong boundary and like I I you know sending virtual hugs I'm so sorry for your pain you know I highly suggest you speak to a mental health professional or, you know, something just because I, I, I used to take it on and it was just ruined me. And I'm like, I have little people and I have a spouse, like I have significant other people to take care of. Like, I can't let this destroy me. Right. And I have like friends who I know well, who I need to save space for. Right. Yeah. That, that, that for me has always been something that's actually been really tricky. And I'm actually not someone that like I don't really share a lot of I share almost no uh, details about my private life I'll post a picture with my husband occasionally but like really I'm not we're just not open in that way and still it will happen where people will 
um, usually it's things around body image or, um, you know, in that, in, in that realm. Cause that's, that's what I'm kind of known for. And it gets, it gets tricky. It's, it's a, it's a hard skill to learn to, you know, when someone is, is confiding in you something to not have it, to, to not, to not take it on. To not when, take it on and also to not invalidate them. So the, that I don't have an issue with. Cause to me, I think, I don't know that I would call myself like a true empath. Like you, 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 I know are like 100%. You, you just, you just feel everything. I feel um, all the things. Literally you feel all the things all the time. Um, <laughs> and I don't think that I'm quite as much as you are. Um, but for me, it's the thing that I struggled with a little bit and that I've gotten a little bit better at this now also is that I struggled with not every question deserves an answer. I almost felt like, and now I'm in a really good spot with that, where it's like, now I will, I will never get insulted at a question because honestly, I, I notice myself. And when I'm, you know, a lot of times I'll have questions and sometimes I'll ask questions that should not have been asked. And when people do that and it's directed at me, when they're asking something that, you know, just, just because they've asked it, that's a perfectly fine question for them to ask. I don't need to answer it. There's no rule right. that says I have to answer it. Um, and that is, that has been a pretty good boundary that I think I've found for myself. And that also in a way has guarded my sanity because if somebody attacks me or it doesn't happen very often, but if somebody attacks me or if somebody asks me about details of my personal life that I'm not interested in discussing, that's what I'll say. Actually, I'm not interested in discussing that. I'll talk to you about something else though. Um, or if you want to share with me your experience with that, that's fine, but I'm not going to share my experience with that because that's not something that I'm going to talk to a stranger about because that's essentially, you know, you are still right. Followers are to a certain extent strangers. Obviously, you get to know people, and after you know repeated interactions and all that, you can, you know, there's a there's a growth process that happens. Um, but to right off the bat just come off and be asking a super personal question, that's you know, that's it's a little it's a little odd. Right. I think also something that I've I've touched upon um, on my social media like a time or two is the fact that I choose to share specific things and that doesn't mean that there's nothing else to share um I just because I share one thing doesn't mean you know all of the things right and I think people make that assumption because I share um personal things but it's very selective and it is calculated and it is curated to protect myself. Right. When, what, when you say that it's calculated, what, what does that calculation look like? Am I in a place where this is not being shared for the purpose of validation? Am I in a place where if people think it's amazing and strong and whatever, like, is that going to then force me next time to share something uncomfortable? Or will I just be neutral about a positive reaction? Will I be neutral about a negative reaction? Meaning, will I be, will I be okay? I can be annoyed, but will it be something that will make me question my value? Um, is this something that my spouse is comfortable with me sharing? And do I think that this is 
something actually beneficial for another human being. I think that also something that comes across in, in the things that you share and the way that you talk about mental health is that sometimes, listen, everyone loves to watch a train wreck. And sometimes there are some people who you watch just because they're train wrecks. And at a certain point when you're watching that, that becomes, that becomes really hard to watch. At a certain point, the train wreck goes from interesting to tragic. And I think that the way in which you choose to share keeps it from becoming that, keeps it from kind of going off the deep end. Um, And it does come across as intentional, which I appreciate, especially as someone who is not looking you know, you don't want to get depressed when you're on your phone, even though you probably will. But um, you don't want to, you, you want to be getting something of, sub, of substance. And I think that the way in which you're so intentional about what you share um, does bring a level of substance to, to what it is that you do. Well, I think the mission kind of that I have being that my page is not exclusively about mental health. Number one, I'm not qualified to do that. Number two, uh, I'm not willing to exploit myself to have a, 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 a copious amount of content um, to be able to keep that consistent. But also, I wanted to be like, hey, what's up? You can be like me and also have mental health struggles. You can look like me. You can have a family that looks like mine. You can have a job like mine. You can dress like me. Like, and you could still be struggling. And that's okay. And that's kind of like, it kind of makes people, I've had people tell me that like me talking about going to therapy has like given them permission to like look for a therapist and get whatever. I'm like, why does everybody think that people who are having tough times are just like total outward messes? Like you could be a hot mess on the inside. Yeah. Cause it's easier to think that that you would be able to spot it right away. Nobody likes to think that they wouldn't notice if their spouse, their child, their sibling, their whatever was a hot mess. Right. It's, you know, sometimes it's really easy to tell when someone's a hot mess and sometimes it's really hard. And right. nobody wants to think about the times when it's really hard. Right. So there are actually times, and, and, and you know about these times because I've spoken to you, where I've needed to, you know, just put on a game face during like a really distressing time and just put on a game face and like rock the house because it's part of my job. And, you know, I've like mentioned to a few of my friends, it's like, well, this is the night where I get my Oscar. You know what I mean? (laughs) And it's, listen, I, that is a part of life too. I'm not going to like go on and like have a public speaking gig and be like, I know that I'm supposed to be like really amazing right now, but like, I'm not okay. Like you can't, you can't always do that. Right. And that's not always the healthiest option. It's definitely not the professional option, but that's okay too. You know, you don't always have to be like, I'm letting you know today that I'm actually doing okay. Like, like, like what? Like, Sometimes people are like, oh, today is better than yesterday. Or like, I'm really thinking about this today. Which is like, mm, do we really need to know that? Like, do we, does the world need to know that? Like, can you like tell your mom or like tell your friend? Do you have a friend? You know, like just, just like it's, it's, it's a line that needs to be figured out. Right. And I think that also there, there is value in, 
in faking it sometimes for short periods of time, you know, for one public speaking event to pulling yourself together and doing it and then, and then working, working through that. There is value in that. It did actually help by the way. Yeah, I'm sure it did. It helped. And then like, then I was able to like do some more stuff after it kind of like energized me and it got me into like an okay headspace for, for a little bit. So there's definitely, definitely room for that, but that's also a dance that you got to figure out what works, not like be in denial, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do. And that also, you know, we've discussed, you know, when I'm going through a tough time, you're like, can you take a break? And I'm like, I wish I could, but I can't because X, Y, and Z. Right. Social media is, is my job. So it's kind of hard also, because when you're going through something tough, you don't necessarily want to have your face everywhere. Right. And that's just like, oh, well, that's too bad. Right. Because you got this ad and you have that and this giveaway is going on and you need to do a video for this. And, you know, that post needs to go up next week and blah, blah, blah. And it's just like. Right. Well, I think that also it's much in the same way if even if this wasn't your job, if you had a a regular office job or something like that, you'd still need to show up at the office every day and you'd need to put up some kind of a face of, you know, function. And that is something that you know, that everyone deals with on, on a certain level. What do you think is the biggest misconception around mental health? Mm, That is a solid question. What do you think is the biggest misconception about mental health? That it discriminates. What do you mean by that? Between certain, certain types of people get that type of uh, struggle or, you know, mental illness is only reserved for those people, not me not my family, not my neighbor, not my cousins, not my best friend, not my spouse. Because if you live in a certain place or of a, are of a certain, you know, financial bracket or sect of religion or not sect of religion or, you know, that's, that's where it hits. And it, I mean, the statistics show that that's not the case. Like, neurochemical imbalances can happen to anyone trauma can happen to anyone it's it's not it's not reserved for for a certain type of demographic and i think we'd like to think that it is but uh then you're setting yourself up for disappointment what do you mean by that if you just expect like oh but that doesn't happen in my community and then you know it does. Or I'm, I'm not that type of person that can get, you know, postpartum depression. Really? Do you know the hormones in your body? Like, it doesn't matter who you are, where you're from, what you look like, who your friends are. Like, it, it doesn't matter. These things aren't going to change your makeup. You also aren't fully in control of your experiences. And unfortunate things happen. And for different people, they get interpreted in different ways. There are two people that can go through, um, you know, similar experiences and similar traumas and come out as two completely different people. Um, I've seen it in multiple different circumstances. And I'm, I'm sure it's hard for the people who, you know, took it harder and are struggling with their, with their demons more. And it's just like, what, why is this happening to me? Like, why are they fine? And like, I'm a mess. And it's, it's a good question. But it's, 
it's not something that I don't think is so predictable. You're not going to be like, oh, that person's going to develop schizophrenia or that person's probably be like, you know, going to have a bipolar disorder. You know what I mean? It's just not, it's not the way the world works. Right. It would be really convenient if it was because then we would, you know, know exactly who needed to be helped or exactly who needed to get some kind of service or whatever. Um, but you're right. That's not, that's, that's not the way it works. And I think that, you know, the point you said about chemical imbalances in a brain, that's really important to note is that there are physical manifestations of things like depression, of things like addiction. And it's, it's not anybody's fault if that's just the way that they're wired, but it is their responsibility to get themselves the help that they need. Right. And that's also the hard part. There's a lot of shame um, around admitting that you have a struggle. There's a lot of shame um, surrounding getting the help, especially if that is the ideology in your circles. Right. What do you think we can do to, um, to break some of that shame? So I think a lot is already being done by a lot of um, organizations. There are, let's say specifically in the Orthodox Jewish community, uh, before, uh, before Passover, a very reputable Orthodox rabbi went and spoke about how to violate uh, the Sabbath and the holiday in order to speak to a therapist, attend a meeting, whether it's for you know an addiction or um, a disorder or whatever. Awesome, by the way, it was Rabbi David Cohn, I believe, of Chicago, and he is, I believe, one of the the rabbinic figures to make um, decisions about Jewish law. Right. And how to use the technology during, during the time of the holiday where technology is generally um, forbidden to be used, how to do so, um, and, and encouraging people if they are distressed and they need help to utilize their technology because, you know, because of the, you know, global trauma that, that is unfortunately still occurring of um, the COVID pandemic. People didn't have access to their in-person meetings, their one-on-one therapy sessions, and perhaps weren't allowed to be with other people during the holiday. So that can also definitely mess with your mental health. So encouraging people to use the technology when, you know, a decade ago, if someone spoke out like that, they'd say probably it's heresy and you need to stop talking because that's not what we do. Right. Um, I believe he made that video on behalf of Amudim. Um, Yeah. And they create very, very strong um, PSA videos um, showing examples of different Uh, mental health struggles that do occur in the Orthodox Jewish community, not to bring about a bad name at all, but just to bring familiarity, understanding, and just this message of it's happening. Don't, you don't have to get all angry and hot and bothered about it. It's happening. Let's help people get help instead of 
stigmatizing it and basically sending them the message of if you go get help for this, then you're, you know, setting yourself up to have no friends, to, to not be able to get married, to not, to, to be ostracized. It's happening. Like these struggles are happening. Addiction is happening. Depression is happening. Anxiety is happening. Eating disorders are happening. Like we can't pretend that it's not. And rather than stigmatizing it and preventing people from getting the help that they need, we should provide them with the resources and accept them and, you know, destigmatize something that in reality, it's here. Like it's here. Let's deal with it. That's true. And it's, you know, we could decide from here till tomorrow that we're going to ignore it and pretend like it's not happening, but you're right. It is happening. And that's something that, that we need to, to, to deal with. Um, and as a community, I have to say that like, even in our lifetimes, there's been, I think really, you know, like you said, 10 years ago, somebody could not have made that kind of, um, declaration. And honestly, I think that's awesome. What would you say to someone who is maybe listening to this and is struggling with some kind of mental health? Maybe they don't, maybe they don't know, maybe they, maybe they have, you know, taken the step to get a diagnosis. What, what would you just, what would you say to someone who's listening to this and is maybe not sure what to do? So initially this is going to sound really harsh and then I'm going to explain it. Uh, This is something that when I went to my doctor, uh, I think when I was like 19 for a specific uh, condition, she looked at my symptoms. She, you know, did like some testing and just looked at me. I was like, you're not special. And it's because it was just a classic case. You know what I mean? And I took that kind of like, I don't find that offensive in as much as I find it comforting where it's like, you think that you're the only one going through something like this and you feel like you're alone and nobody's going to understand like, honey, you are not special. You are not the only one going through this. And if you think you are, you need to start looking. You need to start researching. You need to start reaching out because you're not the only one. And you may think you are, and that just makes everything so much harder. If you think that you have to go it alone and then nobody's going to understand you and that nobody knows could possibly understand what you're going through, like, no, you're not special. And I find that comforting, a little sad, but also empowering of like, there's somebody else who's going to get it. And there's, there are people who can help me and make me feel less alone. Yeah. I, I find a lot of comfort in that just in general. It's like, if whatever, whatever it is that I'm dealing with, if I'm dealing with something, if I'm not or whatever, somebody else has dealt with it 10 times over. So it's not anything to be like, like you said, you're not so special. <laughs> and, yeah. and, and that's kind of, kind of great. I remember telling my, um, my mentor and teacher from my year abroad, I took a gap year in Israel. And after I got home, I was going through a tough time. And I, you know, spoke with my doctor who then referred me to a psychiatrist and I was prescribed some medication. And I was really embarrassed about it. And I called my teacher and I, you know, I said like, you know, very quietly on the phone, not that you know, anybody else was hearing us, but I was like, oh, and now uh, my, uh, I got prescribed some medication. And she was like, join the rest of the world, sweetie. 
And I was shocked because I'm like, this woman who lives in an ultra-Orthodox sect in Jerusalem, in Israel, is telling me like, oh, honey, like the whole world's on medication. And I'm like, what? Uh, what? Like, this isn't her first rodeo. She's been seeing, she's been, you know, teaching young women for decades. And it's just like, honey, come on. Like, what are you even saying? Like, join the club. Whether people are saying it or they're not, it's happening. Right. You're just, you're just happening to admit it. That's nice. Right. But, you know, like, like you said before, don't feel so special. You're it's, not special. It's not that exciting. <laughs> <laughs> what are you, what are you hoping to accomplish with being so open about your mental health struggles? That people are more inclined to get the help that they need to change and improve their quality of life. Because if we shy away and think we need to do everything on our own or that we can handle it on our own, or if we're sitting there thinking that we're defective and there's something wrong with us and we need to hide it and we can't tell anyone. I was uh, reading uh, Gifts of Imperfection by Brene Brown. I was rereading it rather. And one of the things she mentions is that shame thrives on secrecy. And the longer you hold things in, the more the shame of like, I am bad can, can develop in you. So creating a more of a place where there is less shame associated with something that we didn't choose, but happens a lot. I think just is really great and creating just this community. It's weird though, because it's just like, you just think it's a one man show. You think my, my Instagram is like, it's pictures of me. You know what I mean? But in reality, the, the connections that I've made, it's almost like a, a community of people just going through tough things together and feeling, you know, encouraged and heard and safe and normal, but like I happen to have my face on it and that's okay. But it's not, this, this is not about me in particular. Yes, I am sharing parts of my experience, but it's not because I want to share about me. If this wasn't going to help anyone, I'd keep everything to myself and like my inner circle of friends. You know what I mean? Like I, I don't need to be like, hey, I struggled with this and I battled that and then this happened. And oh, let me show you again that I'm going to therapy because people come in and out of my page. And every time I share like, oh, it's like, oh, wow, you go to therapy. I didn't think someone like you would go to therapy or like, I thought your life is so perfect. I'm not going to make a reminder every single day. Like, hi, my name is Barry Mitzman and I'm not perfect. Like that's the keeping it real aspect. It's just like, not nah, like I'm not, I'm not, I'm not down for that. But it's just like, everybody can think what they want to think. At the same time, these little reminders of, you know, I'm going to therapy. Like, if you need a therapist, like, if you need to reschedule your appointment, here you go. Here's your reminder. Or, like, it's okay. Somebody who, you know, looks cute in their outfits and, and, and whose hair looks great also goes to therapy. So, like, maybe I can go too. Like, great. Like, use that. You know what I mean? I don't care. Right. As long as it means you're getting the help you need, then, like, I don't care. That's a, that's a great way to think about it. And I think that even just from this conversation, there are a lot of people who are going to listen to it. And, and, and I hope, I hope that there's at least one person who listens to this. And if they feel like they need to 
to get some help, then they take that step and they, and they do that and they get that help. So if anybody wants to uh, learn more about you or be in touch with you, Barry, where can they go? Ooh, um, I usually ask that question on my podcast where I had you and we had a lovely conversation. That was fun. I loved that episode. That was fantastic. I and, was freaking out so bad about that. And we had that picture, <laughs> that picture of you as a little person. Oh, I love um, that picture. Yeah. It's, it's um, when, when this episode comes out, I'll, I'll share that post to my stories again on Instagram so that it's easy to find. Um, but yeah, we actually, see, this is one of those things where it's like, it helps to be open about mental health issues. Um, because I don't, I, I think it was my idea where I was like, I feel like we need to talk about bullying and, and I can, yes. so we should. Yes. And that was a great idea on my part. And then also an awful idea on my part. Cause we, Oh, you're I, so nervous. I was so nervous. I didn't realize while like when we recorded it, it's just a conversation between two friends. And I was right. like, and I didn't mind telling you the things. And we recorded it a couple of months before it was released. I think that we recorded it in July or something. And then it was released like back to school time, you yes. know, beginning of September. And I don't think that I fully computed when we were recording that other people would listen to it and would hear it <laughs> and would maybe have opinions on it and in the week or so leading up to the release of that episode I was a bit of a hot mess because I wasn't sure I mean we were talking about things that I literally have not spoken about since eighth grade and I have not really thought about since I'm 14 um and I was really nervous actually about people I was nervous about people who I had not spoken to since eighth grade like reaching out again and wanting to just rehash it or apologize or something and I was not interested like I had already dealt with 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 that on my own and I was not interested in like I don't need to make you feel better for something that you did to me that's your own mess to work through and you got to do that on your own time and I don't want to be a part of that process and it did happen there were a couple of people um two or three that you know oh I had no idea I was like bitch yes you did like, don't, like, you did, you definitely did. And I'm really not interested. Um, but yeah, that, that was, that was, it was, it was a fun, it was a fun conversation to have. And the feedback on that was insane. The amount, I still get people who reach out to me and say, you know, my, my kid is being bullied. That that was really helpful for me to hear things that, that were helpful for you, or this was something that I dealt with as, as a kid and, and it still hurts. And, and these are things that need to be talked about. There is, it's that same thing you said about shame. There is shame thrives in secret. And when you, when you take those, those issues and you bring them out into the open, then, then they open up then, and they become something that is, yeah, that, that is just that, you know, they lose their power. Yes. So that's kind of what, uh, we aim to do on, uh, the Woman of Valor podcast. And I am available at Bariana on Instagram, B-A-R-I-A-N-N-A. And I have a blog which I need to get back to, but has a few uh, precious uh, nuggets of blog posts. Um, and that's uh, bariana.com. And that is where you can find me. That's awesome. I'm going to link all of that in the show notes so that it's really easy to find. And the last thing I want to ask you is what I ask everyone who comes on the show. And that is to you, Barry Mitzman, what does it mean to make an impact? Change yourself and let the pieces fall where they may. Okay. I like it. I think that when you make those small changes in yourself, whether you realize it or not, it's making change around you. 
And I think that in itself is impactful. That is awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today, Barry. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to learn more about Barry, her links are in the show notes. Check out the Woman of Valor podcast. It's fantastic. There you'll also find links to the most comfortable masks and at-home activities perfect for quarantine, some of which are free, all of which are high fashion. Access all of that by swiping up on the cover art or going to impactfashionnyc.com. To hear more episodes, be sure to subscribe. If you enjoyed this episode and want to help more people hear it, leave a review or a quick rating. It will make my day. The episode art was designed by Michelle Moses, original music composed by Nissan Fetman. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Rifki Itzkowitz. Catch me on Instagram and Facebook at impact.fashion.myc. As always, here's to making an impact together.